Hello, Miss Stein here. I'm going to carry on reading um, the next instalment of Wolf Wilder. If you remember last week, um, Ilya and Theo are heading towards St. Petersburg. Um, they've heard that um, Marina, Theo's mum, has been taken there to stand trial. So they're going to try and find her. The wolves, black and grey, have allowed uh, Ilya and Theo to ride on their backs, so hopefully they will make good progress through the woods. Let's read on. They wove through the forest for half an hour before they came out onto a road heading north. It was thin and winding, flanked either side by trees arching above their heads. Their branches sparkled with frost. I wasn't so sure they'd shoot me if they caught me, said Ilya. This would be very beautiful. His tone was unnaturally bright. Theo was about to tell him to keep his voice down, but as she turned, she caught sight of his face. It was bluish, except his eyes, which were rimmed with the pink of sleepiness. Already his lips were chapping in the wind, but he hadn't once complained. She forced a wide smile. Don't worry, we'll shoot them first. We don't have a gun. I know, meta metaphorically. Metaphorically, we'll shoot them first. I think I'd prefer to shoot people literally if I'm going to shoot them at all. Theo made a face at him and checked the compass balance on Black's head. Keep an ear out for carts. The road was deserted, but Theo guided Black close to the verge so they could leap into the ditch if they heard anything coming. The going was much faster here on the road, though the snow came halfway up the wolves' legs because there were no stones or fallen logs to navigate. The wolves had been running fast for more than an hour when Theo first heard the noise. What's that? The wind? Theo looked up at the branches overhead. They're not moving. The noise came again. Theo let out a hiss of fear and she bit a chunk of her hair to keep her teeth from rattling together because it was the sound of a, ho a horse makes when it's anxious. Nobody she knew could afford a horse. Nobody except the Imperial Army. She looked back, but the road twisted out of view. I think he's somewhere near, she whispered. Black growled. Perhaps her knees had contracted too tightly and she'd hurt him, or perhaps he'd smelt something. Illy was chewing on his glove, his eyes wide. Where? I think it's behind us, she said. We need to get off the road. She slid off Black's, Black's back. Into the woods. We'll have to jump the ditch. Come on. But the wolves do not obey orders unless it suits them. Before Theo could catch her, White turned and ran back along the road the way they'd come. No, come back, shouted Ilya. Theo didn't bother to shout. She slipped the pup into her pack, lifted her cloak in both hands and ran. As she rounded the bend in the road, Ilya came alongside, wheezing hard. Run slower, he gasped. Black and Grey followed, running on each side of Theo, their rib cages bumping against her knees. As she turned the corner, fear halted. Terror swept through her and she stepped back, trying to push the two wolves out of sight behind her. Her arms closed more tightly around the pup, wriggling in, its, in his sack. Standing in the middle of the road was a sled carved with the imperial crest. It shone with fresh gold paint and, set under the blue frost-clad trees, it was as if the world had been dipped in a fairy tale colours. A horse, harnessed in silver and leather, was frantically pawing at the snow, barely held steady by a soldier. The horse's eyes were fixed on White, who stood growling, her hackles pointing to the sky. And in the back of the sled, wrapped in blankets, sat General Rakoff.
Wild, he was saying, or one of hers? Then he looked up and saw her, and Theo saw his face. The skin on one side was puckered, swollen yellow and purple and green. A bandage was wrapped over one eye, and his, he wore a fur hat low over his forehead. His expression, as he recognised Theo, was one of raw surprise. But as she watched, she saw the twist of triumph in the old man's lips. The little wolf girl, he said. I had forgotten you were so small. And he pulled a pistol from his belt, saluted Theo and shot White in the side. Theo screamed and Ilya dropped to the ground as White stumbled, rolling backwards in the snow. But before Theo could move, the wolf was scrabbling to her feet and staggering through the ditch and into the woods, a trail of red behind her. Panic gave wings to Theo's feet. She bolted, dropping straight into the ditch. The snow closed up to her neck and she gasped, scrambling for footholds, crawling up the other side and into the woods. She heard Ilya panting behind her, calling her name. She reached back her hand without looking, seized him and dragged him further into the woods, beating back low, low snowy branches with her free fist. Black blurred past her following White's bloody trail but Grey followed more slowly walking backwards her gums and teeth bared to show to whatever she might be following. Only once Theo turned just in time to see Rakoff mounted bareback on the black horse urging it into the ditch. Its hooves scrambled for purchase to mount the, blank, the bank and the younger soldier pushed its rump forcing the horse up and into the wood. Rakoff barked an order and two more shots rang out. Terror made the world turn broken and disjointed, and Theo saw, saw only the trees ahead of her. She retched. Snow grabbed at her boots, and she concentrated only on running, dragging Ilya by the wrist, dodging around great white humps of bushes and beating the snowy world out of her way. Ilya was saying something, shouting something, but the bellow of terror in her ears blocked out all sound and logic, and all she could do was run. It was the sight of white. As they caught up with her, that brought Theo to her senses. The wolf was staggering now, her hind feet dragging, and as, and as Theo reached her, legs, White's legs gave way. Blood had stained her fur, pure satin red. Theo had not known until then that wolves can moan like humans. Theo took White's head in her arms and eased her onto her side. Black ran on, then stopped too, looking back like an anxious father. Theo shook her head at him. She hunkered down in the snow and spat and dug her fists into the stitch at her side. Ilya hovered uneasily, his eyes staring. Have we lost him? Theo looked back at Grey. Her hackles stood up stiff and as an iron railing. No, she said. Grey can smell him. She heaved a breath. This can't be happening. But it is happening. So what do we do? The we was generous, Theo thought. It was her, after all, whom Rakoff was seeking. Her face, which had made his eyes light up with such a metallic shine of pleasure. White can't run much further. Ilya said, Can one wolf ride another wolf? Could we put White on Black's back? You could not, it turned out, make one wolf ride another. Ilya and Theo together tried to heave White to lie crosswise over Black's back. It was the nearest White had ever come to hurting Theo. She snarled and lashed out with her claws, clacking her jaws and twisted back onto the ground. Black merely looked pained. Ilya's eyes were wide. That's a firm negative, I think. He looked behind them, but the trees were too thick to see anything. Theo, is he going to kill us? 
I won't let him, said Theo. She tried to sound strong and calm like Mama. She tried to suppress the roar of urgency in her blood to make a plan. But if White can't run, we'll have to go where they can't follow us. Rakoff will be slow on foot, won't he? Well, he's old. I've never seen him run, if that's what you mean. In that case, we'll go where a horse can't. Theo stared around them. The trees looked down at her calm and waiting. They gave her hope. It was like having an army of her own. This was her terrain, she thought. This was the land she knew. There, said Theo. That way. There's fir trees. They grow close. She helped White to her feet and they went on. The two children and the three wolves, barely a jog now, stopping and listening every few steps, navigating into the heart of the wood. Theo kept her hand on White's shoulder, feeling the exhaustion in every step. The neighing did not begin again until they were into the roughest and oldest part of the forest, where storms had knocked trees down years before and no woods woodsman had ventured deep enough to claim them for firewood. One giant oak sagged drunkenly against the other trees, its roots upended. The tree was leafless, but from it grew a curtain of icicles, some as thick as Theo's arm. As they ducked under it, an icicle fell, smashing on the ground, sending black darting sideways and snuffing angrily. It gave Theo the first nudge of an idea. I want to do something here. Will you take the wolves on? No, your mother would kill me if I left you alone. I'm older than you, remember? Please, I need you to drag the wolves. Look, here, by the scruff of their necks. They won't go without being forced. I don't want them here. The wolves turned to her voice as she spoke. Their eyes were full, as they always had been, of fire and nerves and faith in her. Won't let him hurt them. They're wolves! He looked at her as if she suggested something unreasonable. Won't they eat me if I try to drag them? I don't think they will. They know you well enough now. Probably. Ilya licked his lips. Probably. Please, quickly, and the pup too. Here, he's in my sack. There's a hole in that bramble bush there, at the bottom. If you take them through that, you'll be hard to follow. He stared from Theo to the bramble bush, which rose leafless, eight feet tall, sprawling between the trees. That's a mouse hole. No, it's a fox path. It'll be wider than it looks if you beat the snow away, I swear. She did not wait to watch them go, but began digging under the snow for stones. It wasn't easy and her gloves were soon soaked, but she found four good-sized rocks. She dropped them into her hood. Then she ran to a fir tree and heaved herself into its branches, kicking against the trunk for purchase and moving as slowly as she dared so that the snow would help to block her from view. This, at least, was familiar. The wood under her hands and feet, the widening view, the scent of ice and pine. She could see bushes shake as Ilya led the wolves in an unsteady parade through the undergrowth and, in the opposite direction, the movement of branches. The horse came into sight, as if onto a stage. Rakoff's face was set, with traces of sweat at his neck and lip. He guided the horse straight for the curtain of icicles. Theo said a prayer to the saints of good aim and wild ideas. She hurled her stone, not at the horse, but at the oak tree. The first went wide, landing soundlessly in the snow, but the second hit an icicle at its root. It dropped. Rakoff reined in his horse and looked up, frowning. She threw another stone and then another, breathing hard and leaning out from the tree, with one arm wrapped around the branch, her aim growing sharper with each throw. 
There was a sudden clattering, glittering cacophony as 30 icicles came loose, showering down on Rakoff's fists and lap and horse. The horse shrieked, a scream of bewildered terror at this sudden torrent of frozen glass. It reared, beating its hooves against the cascade, and Rakoff let out a single angry hiss. He grabbed at the horse's mane, but it reared again, and he slipped sideways with a great shout and fell. The horse bolted, its mane patterned with broken ice. Fia did not wait to see if Rakoff was moving. She dropped six feet into the snow, rolled, spat out sludge and, fe- and what felt like a bit of her own tooth and ran for the hole in the bramble. She wriggled through on her stomach, scratching her hands and then straightened up. A grin had taken over her face, despite the fear still in the air. Adrenaline kept all pain at bay as she let out gasps of relief as she sprinted down the trail the wolves' feet had left, brushing aside branches looking neither back nor to the sides but only at the path laid out for her. Grey saw her before she saw Grey. The wolf gave a rumble of recognition and Theo cannoned straight into her, sliding sideways and fell down flat on her back. Four faces loomed over her. The hairless one smiled. Did it work? Theo sat up. Better than I expected. Is he still coming? I think so, but not yet. She rested her hand on White's nose and counted her breaths. They were shallow but steady. I think she can carry on. We'll have to be slower, though. She swung her leg over Black's back. I'll tell you about it later. We'd better keep going. Towards St. Petersburg, Ilya looked as relieved as Theo felt. You'll love it, Theo. He handed her the pup who wriggled into her arms before settling down to sit on top of Black's head. It's a beautiful city. Then suddenly urgent. Are you all right? Of course, she said. Or that was what she said inside. But to her astonishment, she found herself suddenly shivering too hard to shape the words. You've gone green. I think you're in shock. Here. He fished a handful of candied fruit from the pocket of his trousers. Eat this. I'm fine, really, she muttered. Her teeth were vibrating. She glared at her jaw as best she could. Tell me about St. Petersburg. I need to know what it's like. The fruit was dusty and covered in trouser fluff, but sweet. The pulsing in her head had eased. Well, it's huge and golden. It's a very tall city full of spires. Ilya mounted grey and tucked up his feet. And there's a town square as big as a lake. Black followed. Theo let herself relax into the rhythm of his tread. She reached out and laid one hand on White's back, pulling her close. And the three wolves walked abreast a wall of fur and teeth and loyalty. And the horses wear plumes like ballerinas and there are theatres that look like palaces with ballets every night. We don't have ballet out here. Is it... It's not a kind of food, is it? That's something else. It's dancing. It's magical, actually. A kind of slowish magic, like writing with your feet. Have you seen it? He grinned, but didn't answer. And the city's got people selling black bread and honey on the streets, freshly toasted. It's exquisite. Good, said Theo. She didn't know what an exquisite bit might be, but it sounded promising. Onwards, then. They set off, slower now, dripping blood behind them, but pointing always towards the north. And that's the end of that chapter. Thank you for listening and we'll catch up next week. Bye.